Let the highlight sit there to communicate to new people information about you so they can take their next step. If you keep adding to it, I'm never gonna finish it, and what's the point? So again, look at your highlights. If the overall objective of the highlight is not clear, delete the highlight. Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. let's dive in. Hello, 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 welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. As I write this, I am just returning from España. (laughs) And yeah, I've just been on a bit of a vacation. I mean, I didn't completely turn off of work. I I still did a little bit of work, but it was very much a turnoff time. And I don't do a lot of those. So it feels really good to be back here and to feel way more refreshed than I normally do. This is actually my very first task on my to-do list for the day. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. And on the plane, I actually had an idea uh, that I think you're going to really like. So as a few days ago, the summer is officially here, which means things might start to feel a little slower on the business front over the next few months, whether your kids are home and you need to focus on them or your client's kids are home and they need to focus on their kids. Summers are typically a slower time for all of us business owners, particularly the coaches. That doesn't mean that you can't make some serious moves during this time, and it doesn't mean that that's going to be the case for everyone either, but it just means it is a great time to slow down so you can go faster in the fall. So over the next couple of months, I do hope that you do take advantage of this time and you take some time to yourself, whether that looks like a staycation or a vacation or just a lot of trips to the pool or to Starbucks you know, whatever giving yourself space might look like. But I also want to help you dot your I's and cross your T's when it comes to your marketing so that you can kickstart the fall feeling very prepared to finish the year with a bank. So let's break down how I'm going to help you do that over the next few weeks because starting today, we are going to kick off a hashtag sorry, not sorry series. This is an unapologetic marketing series that forces you to audit the stuff you got going on and come face-to-face with the stuff you don't got going on. I'm going to share one 15-minute episode each week, one get-your-shit-together task, and no promises that you'll like what I have to say, but every promise that it will help. And the reason I want to do this is because I just feel like there's a lot of advice out there that is kind of too good to be true, (laughs) if I'm being completely honest with you. And we are just lapping it all up because it's It's what we want to hear. I've even noticed there's a couple of things that I have said that I do stand behind, but when I hear people repeat it back to me, I'm like, oh, you're missing the context there. There is a caveat with that little piece of advice. So this series is really about just getting really clear on, guys, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Or guys, that's a myth. That's not fact or whatever it is, right? I really want to get you back on track, but I also want to give you the information you need to make an informed decision so you know how to spend your time and energy. Because ultimately, that is the name of the game. So before we dive in, let me give you a quick overview of what's in store. We're going to cover everything from how you implement advice to your lack of a message to your lazy, non-committal growth strategies to being so afraid to come off as salesy that you're coming off as someone who doesn't even want clients and probably more. Now, you can probably tell from that little sneak peek that this won't be a huddle around in a circle, hold hands and sing kumbaya together marketing moment. 
this is more of a dose of reality, if I'm being honest. So if you're looking for the cut the fluff marketing tips so you can make more informed decisions, then you are in the right place. But if you need me to tell you what you want to hear, I'm sorry, but you're, you're just not. And you are going to be holding yourself back for as long as that's what you look for. So today, let's talk about what the F the point is, which was the name of this episode. And to be clear, I'm not referring to the point of your marketing. I hope you know why you're marketing yourself. Whether your marketing is working for you or not, I hope you know why you're sticking with it, even when things aren't working or even when things are feeling slow. I hope you have your reasons for sticking with it. What I'm talking about today is all about the little things people tell you to do maybe myself included, that you do because you feel like you have to. But you're so focused on getting it right according to the person that's giving you the recommendation that you're not thinking through the actual function of the task and how or if it supports you in your business. So let's talk about what the heck that means. But first, I've got a little story from España for you. So I was just in Spain, as I mentioned, and while in Spain, I became more familiar with an architect by the name of Gaudí. Now, you may or may not know about Gaudí. I had heard of him, but I wasn't familiar with his work. But my husband, Bradley, who studied building surveying in university, was very familiar with him. And it was one of the first things he wanted to do when we got to Barcelona. He wanted to see Sagrada Familia, which is the largest cathedral in the world. It's also still being built despite five generations of architects. So it has a really incredible history, but it's one of Gaudí's most famous works, and it's the project he was working on when he got hit by a tram in the early 1900s and unfortunately passed away before. I mean, he was never expecting to see the finished product. He knew it was going to be a multiple generation architect kind of gig. But uh, unfortunately, I think he thought he would see a little bit more of it. But he definitely laid the groundwork for this incredible cathedral that is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. It is massive. It's insane. Anyways, the second thing that my husband really wanted to, wanted to see is Casa Batlló, which was an apartment building in Barcelona that Gaudí had been hired to refurbish. And then the third one was Parque Guel, which was actually a massive park that he was commissioned to build by Count Guel. Side story, this was supposed to be a massive neighborhood for the wealthy. But after years of building it, so much money, so much thought and care and attention to all the little detail, no one bought. Actually, one family bought. <laughs> one family bought. And it reminded me, this is such a side story. This is unrelated to what we're talking about, but it reminded me so much of us as business owners, putting all of our hearts and love and energy into our courses and these things that we like just feel like are the best things in the world. And like, one person buys or no one buys and it just feels so sad and disappointed. And I, when the tour guide who told us the story shared this backstory with me that he only sold one house, I was like thinking about us. I was like, oh my gosh, I know what that's like. And hey, what, how amazing that this person is considered a legend. And we have tour guides talking about this architect hundred, like a hundred years later, we're, you know, he, we admire his work. We study his work. We think he's the best of his time. And he had this epic flop. You know what I mean? And this was very soon close to his death. So he was already a very established architect. So I just thought that was a little, a nice reminder for all of us business owners that it biz, like flops don't mean nothing about your, the brilliant successes you have in your future or you as a coach. So it's super side story, but I found that fascinating. Okay. 
Back to the point of my story. Now, touring these spaces was so incredibly eye-opening because something that Gaudi was very known for was combining beauty with functionality. He didn't just build a beautiful structure. It served a purpose. And he was way ahead of his time as a result. For example, in Parqueguel, there is this very long bench that circles the main square of the neighborhood. It's probably 60 feet long, and on first glance, it just looks like a really pretty bench. It's super colorful and honestly just a nice thing to look at. But if you look a little closer, the tiles are actually recycled bits from unused parts of the rest of the park, and they are hiding these little holes at the bottom of the bench so that if it rains, the bench will be completely dry in 10 minutes or less. And this was at the beginning of the 1900s. And super side note again, when I was there, it was a rainy day. So I got to actually test this. It rained. It was soaking wet. 10 minutes later, I sat on the bench in my linen pants and nada, not one drip of water on my pants. Y'all, our benches today don't even do that. Do you know how many times I sat on a wet bench back at home in New York City and walked around looking like I had peed myself for the next hour? Like the fact that... A, we don't use whatever this technology is, is mind-blowing to me, but also that someone in the 1900s thought about this, right? We were not walking around linen pants back then. We had layers on layers on layers. It probably wouldn't have made as big of a deal back then as it does today. And it's just mind-boggling that he thought about that kind of detail. Now, the other incredible beauty meets function tidbit that I learned from Gaudi was his air conditioning system. So in Casa Batio, he essentially refurbished an apartment building. And the family who hired him were very well off, and they lived on the ground floor, and they rented the rest of the floors above them. They apparently loved his work, and if you were to Google him, you would see that it isn't normal. Like, the way that he builds things is not normal. It's very specific and modern, especially for the time, and it's just a whole vibe. Like, his houses almost look like mushrooms, right? Like, it's just very specific. You're either going to love it or you hate it. Um, It's definitely not for everyone. And something that made him different, aside from the beauty meets function thing, is that he is very inspired by nature. So there's usually some kind of a natural theme to all of his buildings. So Casa Batio is inspired by underwater life, and you can really see that. There are windows that resemble turtles, and the ceilings have this texture in it that looks like the top of a seashell. And it's really cool, but in all of the rooms, they have this design, like on the like a wooden design on the wall that kind of looks like the gills of a fish. And when you first look at it, you don't think anything about it. It just blends with the design of the house. But if you look closer, you actually pull on this little lever and open and close the gills of the room, so to speak, which essentially allows air to travel in and out of the room, creating a sort of air conditioning effect without opening a window. Now, for us today, who actually have legit air conditioning units, this doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But back then, this was mind-blowing. And to be honest, I live in a country that doesn't have air conditioning units. Uh, I mean, obviously, they exist, but it's just not a common thing for people to have. Apartment buildings do not have them. Like, it's very rare for anyone to have an AC unit. And I have been sleeping with my back patio door open for three weeks now because it's so freaking hot and I don't have any gills on my wall. I've had pigeons fly into my house. I have all all kinds of bugs fly into my house. I mean, I I could have really used some of this innovation if I'm being real. Okay, so why the heck am I telling you this? Because 
it really is so related to what we do with our marketing. We spend so much time making things look beautiful and pretty on our feeds. We're spending hours on carousels to make them look quote unquote branded. We are crafting gorgeous highlight covers. We are spending too long washing our hair for every seven second reel we do, but we are not thinking about the function of what we're creating. We spend a lot of time trying to post every day, but we're not thinking about what we want people to do with each post we put out. So for this post, do we want them to comment? For this post, do we want them to go to the link in our bio? For this post, do we want them to laugh and reshare it because it's so relatable? The function behind the work you're creating is totally lacking. And I'm not talking about your call to action, okay? I'm talking about the actual structure of the post. So It's not the call to action like, oh, like don't forget to share this to your story if you found this helpful. Like, yeah, sure, do that. That could be aligned with what I'm trying to say, but they're not going to share something to their story if fill in the blank, right? We should be looking at those trends and creating content that aligns with what does actually get shared to your story, not just add a call to action and say, oh, yeah, I thought about it a little bit, right? We're not doing that work. We're not thinking about the function. Another example of this are your highlights. Oh, this is a big example of this actually. I look at your highlights and I see things like tips, like an entire highlight of just random ass tips that you share. What the F is the point of having a highlight of tips? Isn't that what your content is for? Isn't that what your presence is for? Do you really see people coming onto your highlights and being like, oh, I'm going to watch three hours of tips right now? Do you really see that happening? Like, what do you want me to do after I spend hours looking at your tip highlight? Like, what do you hope will happen? And I'm going to bet you probably haven't thought of that answer, right? You're like, I don't know. People do tips on their highlights. I'm just going to, that's what, that's why I'm going to do that, right? You probably haven't actually been clear about the function behind it. But let's say for you, you're like, well, I hope they follow me. I hope that they're like, oh, there's great tips here. I'm going to follow this person. Don't you think it would be way more effective and you'd probably get more follows as a result of a highlight if you had a pin post or a highlight where you share the juicy things people can expect when they follow you? Like these are the, here's what to expect from following this page. I'm going to share this every week and that every week, or here are some of the topics we cover on this page, or here's what I do on this page. Like something clear, absorbable and digestible that I can pick up, store in my brain, and then Even better, finish the highlight, which will only be a few slides, saying, as a potential new follower, it's way more likely that I'll actually finish that highlight, and then I'll know what I'm supposed to do at the end of it because you can tell me to follow you if I want to get the juicy things you just shared here, right? So look at your highlights. Does each one have a job to do? Typical jobs are to get people on your email list or text list, to get people to follow you, to make how to work with you more clear to know what kind of results people get from working with you, things like that. And while you can create highlights that you just you know, can keep adding to, I wouldn't do that. Instead, pick the point of the highlight, outline how you're going to communicate that point, tell them to do something, and stop adding to that highlight. Let the highlight sit there to communicate to new people information about you so they can take their next step. If you keep adding to it, I'm never going to finish it. And what's the point? So again, look at your highlights. If the overall objective of the highlight is not clear, delete the highlight. It's not adding anything to your business brand or your personal brand. So it's really just taking up real estate on your page, making me overwhelmed because I have a lot of things to look at and not giving me any answers to any of my questions. My question is, are you someone I need in my scroll? 
Are you the resource I need today? Are you the one that's going to answer the questions I have about this topic? If that is not clearly communicated quickly, I'm gone. I'm on the next feed. So if you are going to be a go-to coach, make sure places like your highlights and your pin posts, which are just very easy places where our eyes are going to draw if we are a new follower or a new person on your page if we're just discovering you, like make sure those places give me easy, digestible information so I get the answers to my questions quickly and I can take an action. Even if that action is, oop, this person isn't for me, because that's great too. The point is that they cl- that they have the information to clearly make a yes or no decision and then go to the next step. Another example of this are your pin posts, which you've probably guessed because I've mentioned them a few times. We tend to pin things to the top of our profile just like willy-nilly, like, oh, this post got a lot of engagement. I want everyone to see this great post. Mm, I would approach your pin posts the same way as I just talked about your highlights. Like, what is the job of your pin posts? The thing that I would do differently, though, is where I'm looking at your highlights is like each individual highlight has a job. I would look at your pin posts almost like a team, right? Like, how is this, this set of three pin posts communicating something Um, that helps people take the next step on an objective. So for example, let's say you're selling, right? How are these three posts helping you sell as a team? Instead of, oh, one of my pin posts will be about selling, another pin post will be about growth, and another pin post will be about list growth. That's too willy-nilly for my liking. If you are willy-nilly about the objective you're focusing on right now, we will feel willy-nilly about what to do next. So if you are using your social media to grow your email list, for example, I want you to consider what does my ideal audience need to know to want to be on my email list, to choose to be on my email list, to get excited about being on my email list. Then use each pin post to speak to one layer of answering that question, right? So maybe one of your pin posts shares some of the juicy stuff you share to your list, Now, if I'm seeing that, I'm like, damn, this is what she shares to her list every week. I want to stick around here. Maybe another one of the carousels or another one of the pin posts is a carousel of lead magnets, right? All of your best performing lead magnets so that I have, I can kind of pick how I want to enter the the email list, right? And I won't feel resentful about being on an email list because I'll see in the previous post all the juicy things you share every week. And I'm like, okay, this is a place I could hang out. And finally, maybe your third pin post is something fun about who you are behind the business so that I, as a potential new email subscriber, feel excited about welcoming you into my inbox. And I'm not going to feel like, oh, you're just going to spam me. Like I suddenly, thanks to this post of just you and who you are and a little bit about your story, I'm like, oh, I like this person. I relate to this person. I connect with this person, right? But if we use each of those pin posts to speak to another part of my decision-making around why I need to be on this email list, it is way more likely that I'm going to actually take the step to join the email list than if you just give me willy-nilly unrelated information about all the objectives you want to achieve. The point is, like Gaudi's work, everything should have a function. We spend a lot of time on what things look like, but if we look at it from the lens of function, we can operate way more strategically, way more intentionally. And we can also spend less time overthinking things, like overthinking the little details, because now you can actually consider, is this thing I'm overthinking going to impact the overall function of what I'm trying to do here? More often than not, the answer is probably going to be no. So then you can decide, okay, cool. I'm not going to spend more energy on it. I'm going to spend more energy on this thing, which does align with my overall function. But if it does 
if the thing that you are overthinking does align with what you're trying to do, that your overall objective in your business at the moment, then you know you're not wasting your time. You're not going to feel resentful about the task. This can also be helpful when you hear advice online, like all the shiny object advice that we see. You can actually stop and think, do I need this right now? Does this align with my current objective? For example, let's say you see something, someone talking about how you need to post three times a day on Instagram. You can stop and consider, what is my current objective on social? Let's say you want two clients this month, so you're focused on sales. You want two new clients. Does this posting three times a day help with that? And if you're not sure, ask the person giving the advice. Send them a DM and say, hi, my current objective is sales. I'm not interested in growth right now as much as I am in doing things that convert or nurture to convert to clients by the end of this month. Does your advice align with this effort or should I turn to this advice when I'm in growth, a growth season in the next six weeks? And let's see what they say. Because addressing how your marketing functions comes down to clarity. Clarity about what the heck you're trying to create right now. And most of us aren't considering that. We're not really thinking about the why. What the heck are we trying to do right now? And my friends, clarity comes from you, not your coach or that guru you like online. You, you are the one that has to get clear, which means you are the one that needs to stop getting distracted by shiny objects and set an attainable goal for X days from now and do work that aligns with that goal. I'm not saying you can't be doing lots of different objectives in your business as a whole. Like maybe your email list is focusing on one thing and you have certain funnels that focus on things and and this is you have a referral program that's focusing on sales. Like you can have more than one things going on in your business as a whole. But when it comes to your marketing, pick the thing you're working on and do one at a time so that we can align how we're showing up with the overall function and goal that we're working towards at this moment. Because you steer this ship. You steer the ship right? My point is I want to empower you to feel like you can make the next best decision for your business versus feeling like you have to look at all these people who you feel like know better than you when the truth is they can't possibly know better than you because they do not know what your current objectives are. They do not know what you are, what your goal is in the next 30 days or six months or whatever it is, right? They are just sharing random ass advice online. It doesn't mean it's all right for you right now. When you come back to why the heck you're doing this, you can make way more aligned decisions that do not burn you out, that do not overextend your energy, that do not get you confused, right? It doesn't mean all of the advice isn't for you at one point in your business, but it might not all be for you right now. So I hope that this is going to give you a lens, right? A filter so that you can really decide what is for you right now and what is for you later. Because you steer the ship. You are the boss. All right? Okay, so here is your get your shit together task. (sighs) I really hope people aren't going to get offended by how I've called this series and, and the tone I'm taking here. But it's what I'm feeling. It's what I'm feeling. So, okay, so here's your task. I want you to look at your feed. Does everything have a function? Does each highlight have a function? If it doesn't, delete it. Do your pin posts have a function? And is that function freaking clear or are you being vague about it? Meaning if you are selling right now, then fucking sell. Stop. I'm going to talk about sales later, but I just, I want us to stop feeling so afraid to sell. 
Like just because you sell doesn't mean you come off as salesy or icky, right? You have to be you have to be selling. This isn't a hobby. This is your business, you know? So so is your objective being clear? If you want people on your email list, are you giving them clear reasons to join your email list? Like are our highlights and pin posts driving people in a direction? And if they're not, how can we adjust them so that they are? And if they're not doing anything, if you're like, oh, I just did that because someone told me I needed highlights, delete the highlights. They're done. Replace them with something that actually points people in a direction. Secondly, I want you to get clear about your objective right now so you know how to show up. Are you selling right now? Are you growing right now? Are you nurturing? Well, yes, you might be doing, like I just mentioned, you might be doing all of these things in your business. Do not do all these things on social at the same time. Pick one at a time so you can actually see results. And this will help you get way more clear about what you're posting so that each post actually has a function. And it'll also just help you get clear about how you spend time on the platform. All right. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Episode one is in the books. Woo woo. Next, we've got an incredible episode with Jessica Buchanan. She was kidnapped by Somali pirates in 2011 and was rescued by SEAL Team 6. I have admired her for years. Like, I just can't even believe she's on the podcast. And she is now a coach like you and me. She helps you publish a manuscript and works in mindset and empowerment. And my goodness, does she have a story. I was on the edge of my seat. It's definitely one of my favorite episodes so far. And I'm really excited to share it with you next. All righty. I will see you then. And just as a reminder, our hashtag sorry, not sorry episodes, I'm going to be sharing one a week for the next few weeks to kind of get us through the summer and get us really starting with our um, fall ramp up. You know, I want to get you prepped and ready to go. I also want to add this homework assignment, I think is going to be the hardest one of all of them. My goal is to give you like quick hit homework assignments um, that you actually can do that don't feel so overwhelming. This one's a little more has a little bit more layers, but once you do them, it's something that you can really like leave. You know, once you do a highlight, you can kind of let it sit there for years if you, if it's still, if it continues to be relevant. So I just want you to know, even if you can't get this particular part of your task done by next week, it's a really helpful one to, to be aware of. It'll really change how you show up on any platform, not just Instagram. Alrighty friends, I'll see you next week for another episode of hashtag sorry, not sorry. And I'll see you later this week for an incredible episode with the amazing Jessica Buchanan. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.